Welcome to the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast, a podcast aimed to educate teens on cryptocurrency and financial literacy. Each episode features thought leaders in the crypto and blockchain industry or inspiring entrepreneurs from the business world who share their career journeys and words of wisdom for teenagers. I'm Abigail Lee, the host of this podcast series, the founder of CryptocurrencyTeens.com and a junior in high school from New York City. For this episode, I'm excited to interview Vinny Villatoro, Chief Innovation Officer at Anacus Ventures and formerly the founder of Cryptocurrency Investment Network. Vinny, can you tell us more about your companies and your roles? Okay. So the first company that I founded was uh, Bitcoin Cryptocurrency Investments. We began doing um, mining facilities. To be honest with you, when I started mining, I didn't even believe in, in, in the cryptocurrency we were mining. I thought it was like monopoly money. I wanted to make sure before jumping into something, I want to always test it out just to make sure it was working. So we started mining and until I was able to cash it into fiat, then I was working on that. So we established mining facilities for profits. And then later on, we created, I created the first car. Blockchain and Crypto Mining Association here in the U.S. several years ago. I was part of the board. I'm not on the board anymore. And then in Acos Ventures, what we do is we help our companies uh, work on blockchain projects, different kind of projects. Everything that people wanted to use uh, blockchain and not related to mining facilities. That's what we do in in, in Right. And can you tell us more about what you do as a chief innovation officer at Anakis? Yes, basically, you know, a lot of people heard about blockchain and what can be done. So what we do is every time a company comes to us trying to figure out if blockchain is a solution for them, it's always a two or three hour session, at least two of those sessions, asking the company what they do, what's the process, how it is, and then Based on that one, we present an idea or a project or a proposal of how blockchain can help them if there's a chance to do that. So for instance, there's companies that want to have some records uh, for medical records or for financial institutions, and then we promote a certain blockchain application for those uh, kind of applications. But it's gonna be based on every single case. As you know, blockchain, even though is I really believe in blockchain, I think it's, a key element and it hopefully is going to be taking a lot more better approach in the future is not for everybody and not every single company can be used uh, as of right now. Yeah. And what was your career journey like to get into the crypto or blockchain industry? In honor of a complete transparency, I had no idea what blockchain was, not cryptocurrency, nothing. But someone wanted to pay me once in Bitcoin. <laughs> and I say, no, I only take real money. And he laughed at me and explained me what it was. And I was able to open an account in a, an exchange and then convert it into dollars. Um, I felt kind of stupid because I'm an engineer and I thought I should know about this. I didn't know nothing. So once I got involved into that one, into you know trying to get paid in Bitcoin and then open my account on exchange, uh, we start doing some tradings, but I like the idea of mining my own cryptocurrency. So what I did is I, I bought some miners for mining Bitcoin, Dash, Litecoin, 
Um, I don't remember what was the other one. I think it was Dashley, uh, Litecoin and Bitcoin that we, I never, I don't know why, I never liked Ethereum, even though I had a couple of uh, rigs for mining Ethereum, I never liked it. No idea why. So I started mining because I thought it was interesting. You know, we have a facility where we have cheap electricity. I understood the science of the computer science, how to install the miners, how to set them up. And that's how I just started. But of course, as soon as I realized that it was money to be made, my entrepreneurship mindset, you know, kick in and I said, you know, I should buy more miners and, and install them. So I went to China. I made some contacts with Pitmine. Back then, as I said, I thought it was a monopoly money. I, I didn't thought it was real. So I get in touch back then with Jihan Wu. He was the CEO of uh, Bitmine back then. We start mining, binding miners and bring them to the US and installing my own miner facility. And that's how I started. I started thinking about mining. I didn't know nothing at the blockchain. But later on, I got related with the team doing the Litecoin Cash fork. I was involved with them working. I was maybe one of the biggest miners for Litecoin Cash, mining Litecoin Cash when the fork was created. How did you go from just mining crypto to starting the cryptocurrency investment network? It was, it was pretty easy. Um, back then, I was uh, one of the biggest motorcycle wholesalers in Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, the whole south, uh, southeast of the state. And some of the dealers that were buying motorcycles for me, they kept calling me and saying, Hey, you know, if, if the other dealer is paying you more, I'll pay you more. Tell me what's your price. Bring me more motorcycles. And I kept telling them, I'm not into motorcycles anymore. None of them believed me. <laughs> I mean, none of them. All of them, they thought, no, he both found a better buyer. He's paying more. And I need those motorcycles from, from, from me. I was excited. But I was so happy making so much money on, on cryptocurrency. I invited Three of the dealers in three different occasions that said, listen, if you want to come, you want to see what I'm doing, so I'll show you. And I remember the first uh, owner that came, came with his son. His son was maybe like 22, 23 years old. When he saw the facility, he got excited like you have no idea. And he started listening to that noise and he asked his father, do you know what that noise is? Do you know what that noise is? And I said, that's the sound of money. <laughs> and so I invited this just to just to prove that I wasn't honestly thinking that they would like to invest in, in mining. I just wanted to get them off my back, you know, because they kept calling almost every week, you know, offering more money for the motorcycles that I was not involved in those anymore. And so they came in, one of them, that was the first one. He said, Wow, this is amazing. So he asked me, the, the son of the owner, he asked me how much Bitcoin are you mining every day? So I told him and I showed him on my, you know, my account, how many Bitcoins we were, we were getting paid at 8 p.m. Uh, every night. So I showed him my wallet and I showed him how much Bitcoin I was making. And then he just multiplied the amount of Bitcoin times the money that we were making and the value of the Bitcoin back then. I think when he did the math, it was, uh, $1,200 or $1,400 a Bitcoin. Imagine now, we already hit it 63,000, right? So he just did the math and I said, so with this, this is how much money you're making? And he showed him, I said, dad, this is how much money he is making. And he got excited and said, wow, this is a nice monthly income. 
And then the soul said, no, dad, this is every single day. So for him, it was like a shocking, like, are you telling me this is what you do all the time? This is what I do? I sit here checking the miners, making sure, by that, you know, I had a couple of people working for me, making sure, cleaning the miners, making sure that, that you know, the cold room stayed cold and the hot room stayed cold, hot, just to make sure that we were not losing miners or hash rate or stuff like that. So that's what I was always doing. Checking my miners, for me, it was so beautiful turning all the lights off. I mean, all of them. It was like Christmas tree, all the miners blinking. And I knew as soon as they were blinking, they were hatching. And hatching for me was making money. So then I invited the second dealership because they wanted to know exactly what I was doing. And the third one. And so uh, four dealers that they would use to buy motorcycles from me, they made their own uh, mining facility. Well, I installed the mining facilities for them. That's crazy. It, it was crazy. I, I didn't plan on it. I, mean, I don't want to say, you know, I was so brilliant. I saw the future. No. It, it was just, I just wanted to stop them to keep calling me because they were calling me every week, sometimes twice a week. And that's, then the rest, it was easy, you know, showing them to other people that I knew in construction and other friends, just looking at them, this is what I'm doing. This is what you can do. And it was easy. And it was easy until the big money came in a bigger. That's, that's the one thing that I can tell you is when everybody, I remember back in 2018, it was 18 or less than that, but everybody, 17, I don't remember exactly when, everybody was jumping into crypto and Bitcoin and everybody wanted to buy Bitcoin. And that was the time that I was selling all my miners, all of them, because believe it or not, Fidelity Investments, was buying 10,000 miners every single month. They used to be the biggest cryptocurrency miners in the US. And if you ask Fidelity Investments out in the open, they were saying that cryptocurrency was a scam, that it was not real money. As a matter of fact, I remember that my wife asked, she, she asked me, if I got some money from a 401k? I said, yeah, sure, look how much money we're making. So she called her 401k company. It was Fidelity Investments. She says, I need a loan from a 401k. They ask how much it was. And they say, okay, perfect. Yeah. Then they ask, what was it for? And she say, Bitcoin and crypto. They say, no, that's illegal. Not illegal. That's a scam. You're going to lose money. Don't do that. They practically almost say no. But of course, at the end, it was her money. And they say, it's my money. So give me the loan. She did. They were saying out of the open, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all of them was a scam. But in the back, they were buying miners to install the biggest cryptocurrency mining facility in the US. I think they still are the biggest one in the US. So when everybody was jumping in, I was going out because one of my master's degree is econometrical models. So mm -hmm. I did the numbers and I realized I needed to put hundreds of thousands of dollars into miners every single month if I wanted to keep uh, being profitable because of the hash rate. I don't know how technical can I go with you on that one, but I knew the less hash rate, the less profitability, that means less money. And, and the hash rate was growing almost consistently 6 7 10% every single month. And hash rate is growing. The difficulty was getting bigger, which means less profits for you every single month or every single day. So that's how I stopped uh, investing into that one. And the only one that could make money is the, the people that have 
extremely cheap electricity. This was even back before that we hit 20,000 or something like that. Um, so the biggest, when I was mining Bitcoin and my, my biggest miner price, I think it was when we were making close to 11,000 or $10,000 per Bitcoin. It was amazing. I was already getting out because you needed to have millions of dollars in order to continue being profitable. Wow, your career journey to get into the crypto industry was really interesting. You're one of the early people who actually joined crypto. So it's really interesting to get to hear all of this from you. It was funny, honestly. It was, it was nice. At the beginning, not, not even my wife knew what I was doing on my warehouse. Yeah, I, that's pretty impressive. I mean, most people nowadays, they know what crypto is, so they're okay investing. But even now, some people are still hesitant to get into the crypto industry because they're not too sure if it's a scam or if they don't think that it's real money. <laughs> I guess it's ignorance and everybody's ignorance at some point. I was. And that's the reason why I decided to mine myself. Because when he told me that he wanted to pay me in Bitcoin, uh, I honestly, I thought he was joking. He said, no, I, I need real money. He said, no. He showed me where to open the account. Uh, I'm a U.S. citizen. You, you are not allowed to have a, an account with Binance. It was a long time ago. So just to give an idea, I don't know if you know who this previous CEO for uh, Binance was, uh, Campaign Chow. I even has his mobile number. I, I was connected with him a long time ago. <laughs> so it was funny because it was just a few people believing in this thing. So I got my account on Binance. I did all the information that I needed. So he paid me some of the money, a, a very, very small amount. I converted it into dollars. I transferred it into my bank account. I, am, I have a dual citizenship. So I send the money to the bank in Guatemala where I was born. And the money got received. I waited three weeks just to make sure that nothing is going to come back and say, listen, this wire transfer is fake or something. I waited maybe more than a month, maybe six weeks, just to make sure that the money was real. That's when I realized I can do this. So I started doing research, what miners were buying, you know, what was the miners, what it was about miner, you know, just thinking about miner, I was like so weird, you know, that you have to have your own miners. Mining, it sounds like you were doing with, uh, you understand, like gold mining. It was weird. So I read, you have no idea how many things, I watched how many YouTube videos and Google it. I did as much as I could. And then finally, I found the miners. Um, and when I bought the miners from BitMine in China, that was when the things were coming really good because I was saving almost 70 to 80% of the price. If you had a miner here in the US, you can sell it for almost six times the price of Bitmine was selling them because almost no one had access to Bitmine. They didn't know how to connect with them. And because I had the chance to buy motorcycle parts from China, I already had my WeChat account, kind of like the WhatsApp that we use here in the States. So it was easy for me to connect with them via WeChat. And it just took off. It's not because I am so brilliant. And I think I was blessed in that sense. And then when you're doing those things, people know you and they start presenting you projects. I remember on, on LinkedIn, I was one of the maybe one of the biggest voices um, going against the ICOs. Do you know what an ICO is, right? The initial coin offering? Yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of projects out there pretending to be uh, the new ICO. I was always talking about them and doing the math and analytic analysis of the, pro the projections that they were pro pro uh, 
putting out there. And I was always saying this project is fake, this project is fake. And the reason is because of these, they are proposing these hash rates. This is going to be the difficulty. And it was great. That's how I got a lot of followers on, on my LinkedIn account because people were just logging what I was saying because I really knew what I was talking about. Right? I knew what a hash rate was, the difficulty and how it's... And because of, again, the statistics that I was always doing, I my, my decisions are, being, are always based on, on numbers and data. You know, it was simple when someone was asking, like companies that are asking Inicus or some companies that were asking us, can we do this? I was, and I am always going back to, let me see how much is going to cost you, what is the benefit? And then it's easy to make a decision based on, is it profitable or not? Is it doable or not? Is it reachable or not? How long it's going to take you? How much money is going to cost you? How many months? So it's easy when you make decisions based on number. And that's something that I like about blockchain. It's a precise business. And I love precise uh, business. Very accurate. Yeah. What would you say in response to people who don't believe that cryptocurrency is a real type of currency or like a real form of money? Honestly, based on what I'm saying, I'm going to be this. I think it's Jamie Timon. I don't remember the name of the JP Morgan Chase CEO. He kept saying that Bitcoin was a bust, that Bitcoin was bad, Bitcoin blah, blah. But they were buying miners. JP Morgan Chase was buying miners at the same time they were saying that it was bad. So if it's someone with a lot of power or control, I will say that they are just trying to disguise his investment because most likely they did their numbers. They knew the more people get investment, get into the mining, then the more people, the more difficult it's going to get because of the hatchery. So I think they were just trying to put people away not to invest into that one. Some of my friends, they, they asked me and they told me, thank you very much, Vinny, because if I were you, and they told me after they had their own mining facility, if I were you, I would never will share this information with other people. Now that I understand that the more miners, more hash rate, that means higher the difficulty. So I guess the majority of people that have power, they are doing this just trying to disguise this into nothing because they don't want other people to invest. And if it's people with no money, no power, it's just pure ignorance. That's it. So why do you decide to share all this information with everyone? It's going to be really funny. I'm going to tell you this story. Back in Guatemala, it's a very cool country. It's a third world country. My father had a great job. And they told us that we're going to go to Tikal. It's one of the nicest Mayan ruins. I think it's UNESCO has it as a second. It's a very archaeological, super nice place to go. There was no roads, so the only place to go you can fly. So they told us, my father told us, we're going to go over there because someone hired an airplane and they're going to take all of us, the family, to go to Tikal. Everybody was excited. For us, it was amazing. But then a couple of days before that, prior to that, he said that uh, they, we couldn't be flying on an airplane, that they changed it from an helicopter. And everybody was, what's the difference? So the difference is that not all of us eat. One of us needs to stay. And immediately I said, I stay, don't worry about that. And my mom, I remember she turned, I was very young, maybe 
10, 11, 12 years old, something like that. And she said, you always be like that. Don't ever change. I remember I was kind, just, I don't know. I just like it. When you have someone, it feels so, I don't, I don't know how to describe this word. But it's just, I feel like, I wish I can have words, but I feel just so accomplished. I feel so fulfilled. I feel happy when I share things with people. And that's at the beginning. I didn't want to share this with no one because I thought it was it was not real money. As I told you, I thought it was. I waited for six weeks for that money to be on my bank account. It's like I'm not going to move it. They're going to say if I take it out. When I took the money from Guatemala, sent it here to the U.S. I never used that money. I was like waiting for guys are gonna say something was wrong. I waited months. I'm, we're talking about six or seven months without spending any of the profits. Six or seven months or more without spending any profit because I thought it was not real until I realized it was real. Then I start telling some of my friends, this is what I'm doing, man, you know? And none of them had their facility or the time because they had jobs, businesses. I told them, listen, I still have room for another 100 miners or 200 miners or 300 miners here. So if you buy them and we install them here, I know electricity is going to be this, the labor is going to be this. So we can split the profits 50, 50, 60, 40, something like that. And they say, yes, I did it because that's the way I am. You know, like I get uh, interviewed by a bunch of podcasts like yours and other people. And they always, I just love to share the knowledge. I think it's good. And the most important reason is this one. The Bible says that everything you sow, you will reap. By teaching someone here something that they don't know, someone in the future or later on in different areas that I need the knowledge, they will share it with me. Because that's the law. You know, everything you sow, you'll reap. So since our, te- our target audience are teens around the world who are interested in crypto, um, what advice would you give them about entering this industry in the future as a career? Wow, you might not like what I'm gonna say, Abigail. So <laughs> go for it. It's okay. Go. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this. Okay, if you're gonna do this on the cryptocurrency, uh, the only way that you can make money. I hope people are doing this because they want to make money because that's what I did. If not, if you're only gonna do something for learning, we're gonna talk about that later. But. If you're going to make money, the only way to make money right now, if you do trades, if you're trading an exchange with cryptocurrency, you can make money, but you have to be really smart and you can learn how how to trade. You don't need to have a degree. You don't need to have an engineer. You don't have to have a master's degree like me. You know, you can learn how to trade. Take your time, months and months and months, just in order to do the cryptocurrency trade. I will be one of you. Mining is not profitable at all unless you are a big miner, so forget about that. The other option will be creating projects on blockchain. If you create an awesome, an awesome solution for something that's out there using blockchain, that would be fantastic. But you need to be very smart in order to do that. I mean, the projects that I've seen on blockchain that are successful are very few. Why? Is because you need to be extremely smart with a very extremely creative solution and it's tough. I mean, you see what Jeff Bezos is doing with Amazon and now everybody wants to create a new Amazon. It's not gonna be impossible to beat him. You see what everybody's doing with uh, Facebook, the Microsoft, everybody wants to create something. You have to have 
that's uniqueness that is going to be really hard. So I think cryptocurrency, unless you have a bright mind, the only way I see that people can make money, if that's the solution that they're thinking about, it will be trading, but you have to be very patient and learn a lot. But the one thing that I can tell you, even if it's not cryptocurrency, is try to be on the trend. And as soon as you see a new trend, jump on it as soon as possible and learn as much as possible. I, I read yesterday uh, a kid, he has 11 years old and he's making $400,000 selling NFTs. I have no idea what an NFT is, no idea how that thing works and how people are selling them for crazy amount of money. But if it's not cryptocurrency, because it's not innovative, trying to jump into something that people don't look at it like it's innovative and be as, as, you know, try to learn as much as possible because you need to be really good if you want to make money. In my case, if I make money with cryptocurrency, it's not because I was a smarter or because I had this degree. I think it was a bunch of luck and I'm blessed. But I suggest people trying to learn something and be the best when they can be in that area. Because then if you know exactly what you're doing, what you're talking about, money comes easy. That's what I say. You know, If you're trying to make money, do what I said at the beginning. But if you're trying to learn, learn as much as you can. I mean, read three, four, six hours a day. And I'm not kidding when I say you need to read and, and do research and watch videos for three, four, or five, six hours a day instead of playing games, because that's what they do. I remember when I was young, I was playing four hours. So read and watch YouTube videos and learn and read and keep reading. Then when you're good in center area, then you will make money. Because information is powerful and it will give you a key to do some things that people cannot do. And that's why I am, just to give you an idea, I was talking to a company early in the morning. They are creating a $500 million fund. So I asked them today, you know, hey, how are you doing with the fund? And they say, I wanted to talk to you, Vinny, because we want you to be the blockchain uh, expert on our, on our board of advisors. I was like, man, amazing. Why they, they offer me that one? Because they know I really know what I'm talking about when it comes to blog. You have two choices. Make money and be smart in what you're doing. It will be trading or NFTs or whatever. Make it fast or learn a lot. Because if you learn a lot, then money will follow. And I suggest you that second option has a lot, a lot more long-term uh, result. Speaking of learning, for the high school juniors and seniors who are deciding which colleges to apply to, do you think having a formal education on crypto or blockchain is necessary to be successful in this industry? No, not at all. It is worthless. It means nothing because whatever they're going to be teaching you is what is the capital of Sarajevo or something like that. I mean, college will mean nothing unless you go to a very technical college but honestly, blockchain and NFTs and technology, they grow so fast that I don't think there's a college enough of a smart enough or good enough to teach you what the trends are going to be. So you have to choose your own path and learn from every single thing that you can imagine. But the key is once you learn something, try to be as good as you can. Um, what I can tell you is this. A lot of people that don't have a degree, they say a degree means nothing. And I always say, yeah, how many degrees do you have? And they say, none. Okay, so 
I'm an engineer, I have a BA, I have an MBA, I have a master in science, I have another postgraduate. And I can tell you this, learning has just taught me that there's a lot of things that I don't know. So a degree will help you because it will help you design, help you plan, help you think, or it will open your mind to think in ways that you have never ever thought possible. But you don't need a degree, but it will help you. That's for sure. And even if it doesn't work in cryptocurrency, having a degree might give you the chances to have a better job if, if your business doesn't succeed. Do you have any recommendations for good resources for high schoolers or young adults to be able to do their own research on crypto? You're gonna think this is funny, but I always, uh, when I'm doing something, they ask me, have you done it before? No, but I can ask my dad and my grandpa. And they always say, I thought your dad died five years ago and your grandpa told, yeah, I'm talking about YouTube and Google. Those are my, my father and my grandfather are YouTube and Google. But of course, I don't take the first pick, especially if they are ads on Google, just avoid them. You need to watch every, just to give you an, an idea, a, a bigger, I was buying motorcycles. I needed to see three motorcycles in order to buy one because the first two, most likely, they were not the good ones. But when it comes to knowledge, you might need to watch 10 or 11 hours or something just to get 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of real knowledge. So it doesn't matter if it's YouTube or Google or a library, if there's any libraries that we use. I don't think anyone uses libraries or business libraries anymore. It's just the amount of time that we need to spend has to be more than the time that we are wasting watching Netflix or, or playing games or doing whatever. If you really want to be successful, you have to work hard. I mean, really, really, really hard. You cannot expect to be successful just because you watched a 15 minutes video on YouTube and you're gonna be an expert in, in cryptocurrency or blockchain or NFTs or whatever is there. You have to spend hundreds of hours on this. That's, that would be the best suggestion, I think. Yeah, thank you for that. Do you have any other additional advice you have for teens regarding crypto or blockchain and any safety advice or really any words of wisdom that you would like to share? I think I already said it, but I'm gonna say it more clear is this. Find something that you're good at it and then be the best at it. So if you're good at something, just keep learning and learning and learning and learning and as, as much as you can, you will never stop learning, never. And I'm gonna finish a big L with this story. I was getting my second master's degree so I was an MBA already. I was getting my second master's degree. And the dean of the faculty, every time he was going to give us uh, lectures, he was calling us um, my high schoolers. And I hated him with all oh my gods. You have no idea, Viga. So I already had a degree. I was a bit, had a BA, a bachelor in science, an MBA. And he knew that. But he was calling all of us high schoolers every single time. Two years passed by, the, the last day that he came in, he said, um, I'm gonna show you this book, please uh, just pass it along and let me know what you thought. Everybody was looking at the book like nothing happened. When I got the book, 
I realized why he was calling us high schoolers. And I say, oh my God, we're not high schoolers, we're elementary. No, we're not elementary, we're nursery. No, we're not nursery, we're stupid dumb. So I threw the book on my desk and I started walking around the classroom like, we are really ignorant, we're that stupid. And everybody was telling me that you might be stupid, I am not. And, but I was just in shock, like in real shock, just because I read that book for 30 seconds or a minute. Then the first time he called me that, the dean of the faculty, he called me Master Vinny. That was the first time he called me Master. Like, can you explain your end here? Why are you saying that? So I told him, uh, who has the book? I say, one say, I have it. Okay, how many chapters on the book? 27, okay, look at chapter six. And he say, what, what's, what's with that? Our master degree is chapter six of a book of 27 chapters. We know nothing about the other 26 chapters. That's the day I realized how ignorant I was. And then the worst thing is this, Abigail. If I wanted to get a PhD, my PhD will, maybe will be three or four pages of the one chapter that we were specialized in. That day I realized the amount of things that I don't know is million times bigger than the things that I know. So learn, 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 and keep learning and learning and learning. And then after that, start learning and learning and learning, and then keep learning and learning and learning. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter how many degrees. And I, I don't know if you saw um, the wild behind my face when we were doing the video conference. I did. You had so many <laughs> awards or degrees. So you saw that one? And I, I believe I am extremely ignorant, Abigail. And this is coming from a guy that has is an engineer. I had a BA, an MBA, Master in Science, several postgraduates in different universities. And I'm telling you, I am a complete ignorant. I think I understand your point. You're essentially just saying that no matter how many degrees or no matter how much you keep learning, there's always going to be something out there that you don't know. And there's always something out there for you to continue to learn and get better at. Yes, but the, the amount that you don't know is a million times more than the amount of things that you know. One last thing that I can say, if you allow me, is this. Some of the high schoolers here in the U.S., when they go on mission trips or trips to third world countries like my country, Guatemala, or Africa, or something like that, they see what real poverty is. You know, people with no shoes. And I can tell you this with, with pride. My father, the first time that he wore shoes, he was 12 years old. So he was coming from a very poor, poor, poor family. So they eat maybe once a day. They live with five or ten dollars a month. So when you see real poverty, when they come back, those guys, the high schoolers that go to third world countries and they see that reality of real poverty, they come back here and they feel like, wow, I have a great opportunity here. So what I would like to say is this: the opportunities that we have in this country in high school are humongous. We can make a huge difference. I hope, and I know I'm going to sound like a cliche, but I wish I knew back then everything that I know now. What I'm telling you is this, like if you were my kid, my son or my daughter, I will say, take the opportunities that you have out there because there's other people that they wish they had at least 100th of a percentage 
of the opportunities that we have in this country and we do nothing with that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and visit the cryptocurrencyteens.com website to find extra resources and info. See you soon. Disclaimer, the views, information, or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of cryptocurrency teams and its staff. Second disclaimer is that this is not financial advice. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as financial advice. In general, the advice offered by our guests should be general advice about the cryptocurrency industry or the blockchain industry and not specific investment advice.